Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to podcastjuice.net. My name is Michael Dean, and this is the podcast on Prince. Welcome, welcome. Joining me today is Kanisa. How are you? I'm doing okay in the rainy Atlanta. All right, all right. And also joining us all the way from Sacktown, uh, Sacramento, I should say, Mr. Big Sexy and Sack, sir. How are you? That's right, Sacktown, the Bay Area, and back down. Uh, get that <laughs> <in>. <laughs> okay, Pop. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. All right. Well, uh, we we're, we're gathered here today uh, to talk about this thing uh, called Prince. But and specifically, there was an event that happened in Oakland. Uh, was it this last week? Yes, it was. Uh, and it was a part of the PRN alumni. Uh, but Big Sexy, tell us what this event was. And also, you went to this, so we're, I'm really dying to hear what your thoughts about this was. I did go. It was a joint event with the PRN alumni, Women Audio Mission, and Pandora, actually. They hosted and provided the facility for it. And they had a panel of four women engineers who all worked with Prince at various times. It was Dr. Susan Rogers, who we all know. She's been on the show. It was Sylvia Massey, it was Peggy McCrary, and it was Lisa, I'm going to butcher her last name, Lisa Chambly. Chambly? Chambly? All right. Lisa. And one thing that immediately hit me when all four of them took the panel is how smart they are. And as I'll get into down the line, Dr. Susan Rogers... Yeah, that doctor title, that's the real deal. She ain't no joke. She, she's whew, she's heavy. Um, it was great for me because I heard about the event. And when I heard about it, I had been in trial, so I didn't really go ahead and jump on getting my access. And by the time I did, they were gone. I'm like, uh-oh, this, this is bad. And, I, and you know me, I, I can't roll unless I'm in the VIP. That's just oh, how it is. Okay. <laughs> so I sent out a couple of uh, couple of requests. One to Jackie Thompson, definitely shout out to Jackie, and one to Robin Stevens. And they hooked it up. I got the email from Jackie that week, said, Look, Mark, I got you. Go to this link, do your thing, I'll see you, I'll see you in Oakland. I'm like, cool. Now, uh, as Mike can tell you, I have not gone to any Prince or PRN alumni events publicly yet. For those of you who have not gone, you need to go. For those of you who have gone, I understand now. Amen. It was magnificent. I got to, uh, I got downtown Oakland. Uh, it, it started, the VIP started at six. I got there about a quarter to five just to make sure I wouldn't, you know, get caught up. Hung out downstairs at a little bar, had some French fries, hung out. When I'm up at a quarter to six, the security's all, I need your name. I said, here's my name. And she zipped me right in. And I'm getting my little wrist bracelet on. Now, keep in mind, like Michael Dean and Kenisa and Q-Storm, for that matter, I have not met anyone face-to-face. -face. No one. And so when I walked in... I look up and I see Robin and who I have not met. She looks up and sees me and just 
lit up like a Christmas tree. She runs over and hugs me and says, hi, how great it was to meet me, and I'm glad she's glad I came. She was so friendly, and that's the theme of the whole night. It was it was amazing. And I'm like, you know, thank you. And I see, you know, Susan, and I see Peggy just standing around chilling. Everybody's just relaxing because the VIP was really limited to, like, I'm going to say 50 people. And there weren't that many in there at that time when I walked in. And I look looking around, I see Jackie. And Jackie's talking to someone. So I walk up, stood right next to her. And she looks up and she just lit up too. She's like, oh, you made it. And, you know, we hugged and smiled and just started catching up. You know, and it was so welcoming and inviting. And you feel like you're part of something. It's, it's really cool. And... I met this one gentleman, I forget his name, I feel bad, I forget his name, but he and I were talking, and he mentioned Dave Hampton. I'm like, is Dave here? He's all, yeah. I'm like, where? <laughs> he said, around that corner. I'm like, I gotta go see Dave. And so I walked around this little corner, and I see Dave sitting at a table with his little girl, and she was the cutest little thing. Ah, oh, she was just so cute. And I walk up to him, and I'm just standing there, and he looks up and starts to smile. He's all, you must be big sexy. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> and so we, you know, we caught up a little bit and, uh, everybody I spoke to mad love for Michael Dean. Seriously. Everybody loves Mike. It's, it was so cool, you know? And so me and Dave were talking a little bit and he gave up, gave a couple of shouts out. He's like, Hey man, What's up with your boy Ant, man? I'm always <laughs> hearing Ant and Mike get into it on the air. I'm like, yes. I think he made Q, do, right? I That's what I told him. I said, you mean she was? I don't know. She was a whole other thing. <laughs> so I'm like, Mike and Ant get into it sometimes. Like, that. Yeah, we're just hanging out. It's, it's cool. <laughs> and, and so after that, I ha took an opportunity to go talk to Susan. And I introduced myself and, you know, thanked her for coming on, you know, on our show a while back. And she's like, oh, yeah, you're a big sexy. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> and we're talking and just chopping it up. And as I'm speaking with her, Sylvia Massey is standing next to me, just smiling and watching all the silliness. And I introduced myself, and she, you know, she started talking. And she's like, you're apparently the man to know around here. <laughs> I'm like, well, I wouldn't go that far, but you know how it is. <laughs> and so we started talking. And I said, you know, Sylvia, look. I'd love it if you come on our show. You know, you can say anything you want, any, about anything you want. You can talk as long as you want or as short as you want. You know, I said uh, Eric Leeds came on and just had some great stories. And we just let Eric go as long as he wanted to go. Sometimes other guests have had a lot to say, and it was pretty short. But whatever you want to do. She's like, okay. And so we, you know, exchanged information and, you know, did that. And another gentleman... You, you're going to know him, Mike, because he knows you. He runs with, I think he ran with uh, either Jackie or Robin. His name was, the guy's name was James. You James, know him? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. James yes. Yeah. So James rolled up on me, and we start talking, because he heard me mention your name. You know, you're the gatekeeper. And we start talking about you and all these other things. He's like, yeah, I know Michael Dean and all this. I'm like, all right, great, great. Again, everyone made me feel like a part of the community. And again, unless you experience it, I can't accurately explain it. 
but it was a really warm feeling. There, there was a young lady, uh, her name was Veronica. She worked at Pixar. And she's, you know, walks up, starts talking to me, and she's like, I see all these people talking to you, and, you know, you, you do this and that. I'm like, so, yeah, we just do what we do, because this one person brought it all together for us. So we're just celebrating this, and I needed to be here. And she's like, oh, that's really great. And then Robert comes back over, and we start talking, and she said, you know, Mark, I got to tell you. All the music right here, I did the playlist, but I had a problem. I said, what was the problem? Well, I'm an iTunes person, and I couldn't get it converted uh, to MP3. <laughs> She's like, I don't know what to do. She, and she said, I made a call. I'm like, who'd you call? I said, Michael? Right. Said, oh, no. Oh, I called Kinesa. <laughs> That's so she funny. Said, Kinesa got me handled. I'm like, all right, mm -hmm. there you go. <laughs> yeah, she had texted me about this, and I was like, I know nothing of that stuff. I, I, I'd be the last person to ask. <laughs> <laughs> I said, all right, that's my girl. Let's make it happen. Shoot, I, and, I was I was trying to ask you. So you didn't you didn't like uh, hold an impromptu audition uh, for Pixar? Maybe doing the voice acting? <laughs> I'd have been like, you hear this voice? Uh, if you guys need another person in one of your movies? Well, you know, I've been <laughs> spoken to about doing that more than hey, once. I'd have shot my shot. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, we did exchange info, so you never know. <laughs> you you never know. <laughs> and I also had a chance to meet Danielle Smith, who was the moderator. And I've known Danielle Smith as a personality. Mm -hmm. I've seen her on TV countless times talking about music. And I know you know her. I know you know her. I know. Who, oh, I've seen her before. I don't know. Personally. Yeah. Yeah. I know yeah. And she she's also from Oakland. And mm -hmm. so we're talking about how the city's changed and all the same landmarks and some are gone. Some are still with us. And she was just so nice. I met her husband. You know, she is great people, man. She really is. And I'm like, yeah, this is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. And so I'm just, you know, laying back and just watching it. And I got to give it up. Jackie had this thing on lock. Everything went smooth. There was nothing that could have been done better. Everybody was in their place. It was a nice, relaxed crowd. They had refreshments over there. All the seats were comfy. It wasn't overly crowded. It was perfect. A perfect event. And I go take my seat, and I'm just watching. And I forget the host's name. I do apologize. But I forget the, the initial host's name. But she came up and said a few words and introduced my man, Dave Hampton. And Dave came up and said some things. And talked about, you know, studio designs and whatnot. And then they threw it to Danielle and then she brought the the panel up. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm ready now. Because in my left hand, I've got the screenshot of a particular set of questions. So I'm ready to go. Cause I let Robin, I'm like, look, Robin, I'm prepared. I'm I got this. She's all right, let's go. Let's go. And so they're talking and each one talked about the things they worked on. And it's funny because, for me, I, I tend to forget that all of these women have careers outside of Prince and Paisley. And they all just you know ran down their resumes. I'm like, God damn. These are some incredibly accomplished engineers. You know, gender be damned. These are some incredibly accomplished engineers. And I was just blown away. I really was. And 
They all told little stories about working with them. And the common theme that I saw, and Susan really, really brought this home, the common theme was he truly was a virtuoso. And like Jimmy said years ago, he's one of the people who can come out, pick up your guitar or your instrument, play it better than you can. The same thing can be said about running a mixing board. He knows exactly what he wants. Uh, he's not worried about, you know, catching the timbre and all the sonic nuances. He's like, do we have the performance? Yes, we do. Yes, let's go. And keep it moving. And someone asked Peggy, because she worked with him earliest. She was back there at the end of controversy in on 1999. And she said, I think someone asked her, did he ever come into the studio in sweats or anything like that? She's like, absolutely not. He came in with the black trench coat with the studs on it, as we all you know are familiar with. And she said he was always dressed like he was going to go on stage. And I thought about that for a minute. And I've seen a billion pictures of him. And I say, since Dirty Mind, Prince was always clean. Now think about that for a moment. He's always clean. If he's not on stage, he's in the studio. If he's not in the studio, he's working with another band or he's writing music. The guy truly, truly lived, breathed, ate music. It is amazing. Someone said once, I forgot who it was, but someone said he was like a modern-day Mozart, and he truly was. Because he wasn't about interviews and all. I say, look, I'm making music. This is what we do here. If you don't want to make the music, then there is the door. Uh, Peggy also said, I think it was Peggy. I, I could be wrong on this one. You know, about getting a compliment, and he said, look, you're still here, aren't you? And he said it with mm -hmm. a smile. You know, he said that with a smile. So that if you're expecting to get a pat on the head and nice job, you're not getting that. You know, you're getting the satisfaction of being a part of this and being able to contribute and help with things. And for, for these women, that was plenty. You know, they didn't need to be treated differently because of their gender. They just need to be treated like engineers, and that's how we treated them. Um, there's a story going around, I forget what article, that Peggy had said, and she went ahead and expanded on that. When she first got to work with him back at Sunset Sound, the receptionist said, well, this guy says, you know, dirty things on his records. I don't know if we, we need to work with him. She's like, look, I'll handle this. And she goes into the control room, and as we all know, Prince was kind of quiet and, you know, reserved, and he would talk really quiet, and she couldn't hear him. And she said, look, if we're going to work together, you need to talk to me. And he gave her that look. <laughs> oh, is that right? And then from there on, they just hit it off perfectly. She didn't think he'd call her again. And when he was doing 1999, he called and said, look, I want her in the control room. Hmm. Okay. And that's, that's how it went. Uh, with Sylvia, and Sylvia, again, they all have the resume, all of them. You know, and... One thing that really stuck, stood out about Sylvia was when they were doing Diamonds and Pearls, the album was done. Okay, the album was done in the can, boom. Warner's, for whatever reason, was delayed in putting it out. And so Prince, being Prince, he keeps writing. 
So at this point, he had written Get Off, which wasn't on the original configuration. So she's sitting there in the studio, you know, with a little journal, just writing these notes. You know, I don't like this Get Off song. He's going <laughs> to put it on this album and ruin a perfectly good album, blah, blah, blah. She goes to do something. She walks back in the control room. She hears his voice reading what she wrote. Oh, no. And she's like, oh, my God. And he's just cracking up. He's cracking up. (laughs) And she's like, apparently he knew more than I did. I'm like, yeah, yeah, he kind of did. And she told the story of um, when he got to this one studio, he walked in. He said, look, I need a big overstuffed, you know, granny chair. You guys have one? She's like, yes, we do. (laughs) <laughs> she went out, jumped in the truck, went to the furniture store, boom, got one, got it back. And he's like, okay, cool, cool. And it was like, nothing happened. It was like nothing uh, out of the ordinary. One thing she did share is when he would do his lead vocal, he or she would set up a mic above the, the control spot at the listening board so he could do it all himself. And then he'd ask her to leave. So she's sitting in the room next door watching Dallas, her words, not mine. (laughs) And he said, and and she, and he hears her or she hears him singing and she hears all the, "Ah, ah!" she doesn't hear anything else because everything else is in the, in the headphones. And he comes out and she goes in and listens to it. And of course it's magnificent. There was this one time she had set up this one song. I forget. She didn't say what song was actually. And, it was a slow song. And so with her time timeline, I'm guessing it could have been something like scandalous or something in that era. And so she sets it up for him to come listen to. He comes in with a lady friend. He says, okay, we're going to listen to this in private. So she splits and the song plays like seven minutes long. She hears the song and that's all she hears is the song. They come out of the control room. Both of their hair is all messed up. Clothes all disheveled, and he's all, "Yeah, that, that, that was good. Yeah." Was good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the room was just cracking up. You know, then someone asked Lisa because Lisa was worth with him on thirty one twenty one around that era, and they asked her how she got involved, and she said, "And I guess her and Dave were partners of a sort in studio in their studio designs." She talked about how Prince would come in and see a closet and make it a studio. And he'd call her and say, look, make this a studio. So, okay. And how she would go in there and set up all these, you know, measurements and electronics and all this stuff. And he knew what he wanted. That's it. He, he didn't want to experiment. Susan said he, he had bought this one board. It wasn't an SSL. It was another company. You know, he bought the board. The board was shipped with no documentation. So she's like, great. She had to take out a voltmeter and measure each, you know, line out for each ohm setting and all this really electrical stuff. Did it all. They fire it up. He gets there. He's like, you know, I don't like this. Go back to the SSL. What? (laughs) So they go back to the SSL. And that's just how it was. You know, when when you worked with him, it was always about work. Uh, One of the attendees 
said, what kind of microphones, now this was to the panel, what kind of microphones did he prefer? And Sylvia said, no, not Sylvia, Peggy said, I like to use the U47 with the tube power supply. I'm like, okay, whatever. And the follow-up question was, why does the power supply make a difference? And Sylvia said, you know, when you have a tube uh, unit, the tube is calibrated with that particular microphone ribbon and, you know, things of that nature. And someone else said again, though, why? And then Susan jumped in and just shut the room down. She said, well, when you have the power supply, you know, it has different voltmeters and voltages and this and that and things that went right over my head. And I'm just looking at her. I'm looking at the whole room. We're all sitting there with our mouth open like, what? <laughs> Duh. Okay. I mean, she really, really broke it down. And then it hit me. These are engineers. They're not just up there dicking around. And there were a couple other questions about each one of their favorite songs. Uh, with Sylvia... It was Manic, nope, nope, nope. It was Peggy, it was Manic Monday, because she heard it way back and loved it. Uh, with Sylvia, mm, <laughs> I forgot this one. I, I do apologize, forgot this one. With Susan, it was la, 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 he, he, he. She loved that. Because they had such a great time working on it. You know, Lisa, 3121. Loved it. And they all had such fun. It was very hard work. Don't get me wrong. But they had such fun working with him and learning from him. And then they, you know, they opened the floor to questions and I'm ready. I got my phone ready. Let's get on. And they had a, they asked a couple of questions and then they had to wrap it up. I'm like, damn. So I'm like, all right, I can't come back here and face Kenisa with empty hands. I know. That's an right? ass, ass whipping. So <laughs> that ain't going to happen. So I go to Jackie after it's you know, starting to wind down. I said, Jackie, I need a favor. She's all, anything. I said, can you put me with Lisa and have her come on the show so I can ask her some questions I didn't get a chance to ask? She's like, yeah, done. There it is. There it is. So we'll be getting Lisa to join us on the show Yay. so we can speak with her in depth about the questions that Kanisa had for her. Thank you. Yay. <laughs> right you know, it, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, the, the, again, Mike, you know, the sense of community, I understand now. Now, I'm a big burly he-man. We all know this. But I, I will say this as well, with no fear of uh, contradiction, I can understand that when people go to Paisley and are in that community, I can see why people get emotional. I can see it now. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. It makes perfect sense. Nice. Because, again, everyone, well, it was like family reunion there. It, it really was. Because Mike would tell me that, hey, man, people have been asking about you. I'm like, yeah, okay, okay. I understand now. I truly understand. You know, so many, so many people came to me and said, you know, I know that voice. <laughs> You're big sexy. I'm like, yes, I am. Oh, that's great, man. Well, it was just, it was wild. It was, it was hum very humbling, too. Very humbling. And, again, just for, for me, meeting Jackie and meeting Robin, who, you know, we all 
conversed via the internet many, many times, but actually interacting with them in person was so cool. Dave Hampton, ah, I I can't say, the only thing I would change is I'd have made it longer. That's how it was done. I mean, it was truly a great night. And let me give a shout out to the Women's Audio Mission. Uh, Their gig is to get women and young girls involved in this business because when I read, only 5% of engineers are female, and that's just not going to work. And so I went ahead and looked at their website, and I became an ally because I believe and support what they do. And as much as I do not care for streaming, Pandora was a great host. I got to give it up. I can't, I can't rip them at all, at all. It was, a, it was a great night. It really was. I'm glad I got to go. It sounds like I hear somebody uh, that would be purchasing a ticket to the celebration next year. Yes. Sure. Oh, that's a done deal. That's a done deal. Sexy yeah. will be in attendance. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, man, that sounds like an amazing time. Again, shout out to the you know, PRN alumni. They always put on excellent uh, events. And so this one sounds like a, one of those ones I couldn't miss. You know, it was one person I actually wanted. Did you meet? Uh, did you get to meet Troy? No. He was there? He was, yes. Damn. I did Try to be hiding sometimes, though, so I don't know. God damn it, Troy. <laughs> Man, so you had a great time. Okay. I had a great time. I had a great time. Nice. What was, uh, well, I was going to say what the vibe was. You explained that. How many, how many people you think were there? Was it the, the room pretty packed out? The room was packed, but it wasn't uncomfortably packed. Okay. All the seats were filled, and there were people standing around in the back and on the sides, but it wasn't uncomfortable. You know, it wasn't unwieldy. Nobody was, like, elbowing each other. Everybody was really respectful of each other's space. It was really cool. And the four panelists were really accommodating to people, really accommodating. Okay. Did anybody ask – I'm just curious, one of the questions, was any of the, any of the questions um, about the latest release, the originals? No, no. All the questions were really technical-based. Okay. You know, no one asked anything about any band members, which kind of surprised me, uh, about the catalog or the estate. It was really technical stuff, like what microphone did he like, mm. uh, what kind of outboard effects did he use, and mm. things of that nature. Okay. But it wasn't anything about any release dates or or creative content. So this sounded like it was really a, a, a good audience of probably people who uh, had some engineering experience or were oh, definitely yes. interested in it. Okay. That's really cool, though, like really important. Like you think about the workshop because we as fans, we always want to hear the stories of how things are made. But it's also really important for people who work in industry to also hear his process so they can learn from that as well. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. All right, man. There was there was a time in my life where I thought about being an engineer, but it was just like, man, that's a that's a lot. of That's a lot of work. <laughs> that's a lot of hours hearing the song over and over and over again. Ugh. I've told people before I started law school and after law school, actually, that if I knew where to get trained to do this, mm. I would have done this instead of go to college. I have no problem saying that. I, I, I'm so envious of the people who do this. I mean, I would love to do this. I really would. Yeah, there's some, as you said, and, and I'm sure all of them, all of them are very uh, intelligent, technical. Uh, there's so many aspects of sound and how to get good sound and wire all the equipment up it it just it boggles my mind man because it's there's so much 
to know about that and it's always changing right this the technology changes oh, yeah. so much the equipment um I, I had a brief stint well i say brief it was 15 years but i had a brief stint of being uh, a duplication engineer right just of uh cds and cassette tapes and that was just like i knew a little bit but then i would meet in my mind the real guys and i would be i would just be like uh <laughs> i don't know shit. <laughs> <laughs> i'm playing they they like mike did you do the da -da -da -da? huh <laughs> i said nah man i just hit i hit record <laughs> i don't know all that other stuff but yeah so i have the utmost respect for engineers man it's a, it's a serious job uh, no, I, I am the same way. I was uh, talking to James, actually. I was telling him that, like, yeah, you know, I got my, my stereo wired up. I got a Mark Levinson power amp and, you know, B&W speakers. Yeah, I'm ready to go. And then I'm listening to Sylvia talk, and I'm like, I'm realizing I'm not even in the same solar system <laughs> with what they know. It's, it's not even close. And again, I, I would love to have that knowledge. I really would. Uh, Susan told me a while ago, she said, look, if you pick up a book called Basic Recording Techniques, that's mm -hmm. all you need. That will teach you the basics and the rest you will learn as you go. I'm like, okay. And so I ordered the book, so I do know a little bit about it. Okay. But they are just, again, I'm a caveman and they are on the enterprise. <laughs> it's just not even close. Right on, right on. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, we'll keep our eyes out for the next uh, event that the PRN alumni has, for sure. I'm going. I'm right. going. There you go. There you go. Watch out. That puts you to work now. <laughs> oh, speaking of which, before I forget, <laughs> and let me say on air. Let me say on air. <clears throat> Jackie, yes. When you come back to the Bay Area, Michelin Star Restaurant, done deal. Oh, you you pick it, I'll make it happen. There you go. There you go. All right. Well, um, well, Kenise, did you have anything else to add with this? No, I just wanted to be a fan and hear what he had to report on. Got it. Got it. All right. We're going to move on to the next thing we got on the docket. Now we're shifting to court now. Uh, so there was a story that came out this week uh, about uh, the Prince Estate. I know we had talked about this a while ago. There was this news about uh, the Prince Estate was suing uh i records over some bootlegs and uh now i guess we've had uh sort of things have come to an end here i'm just going to read a little bit this is actually tmz where i saw the story or heard about it from and followed the link uh it says prince estate just scored a big legal victory that will help preserve the legacy and integrity of his music and got a ton of cash too according to legal docs obtained by tmz and i believe we have those docs here the judge sided with the late musician's estate in a suit against I Records, uh, which Prince's estate described as a bootleg label dedicated to Prince. The estate gets seven million in the default judgment, and the record label has been ordered to take down all of its bootlegs or all of it all of its bootlegged Prince property. Uh, and it goes on to say, "We broke the story." Prince estate sued I Records in August of 2018 for allegedly releasing 18 Prince compilations since his death. Damn, that's a lot. Like, after his 18 releases? And it's been more since then wow. also. Uh, so oh, continue. Yeah. They say, including live performances and unreleased tracks uh, without rights. According to the suit, the record label was using the online store 
newlovesign.com to sell the bootlegged music. And Prince's estate wanted $2 million for every alleged Prince trademark violation, for which there were a lot. <laughs> the estate wasn't awarded that much moolah, but $7 million is nothing to sneeze at, uh, yada, yada, yada. Um, so there's the story that went out. I see a couple other places uh, carried this as well. Of course, through certain parts of the Prince community, this story, uh, you know, is very much noted and people are talking about it. I want to get our take on it. Um, but also, uh, we ended up looking up these court records, which are public, right? They um, are. And mm-hmm. I love that. So we have Big Sexy, who was, a, who was a real lawyer, not just not like me or one of these guys. We just get online talking shit. You can actually uh, break this down to us in somewhat of layman's terms. Of, of so, what from what you have read on this, what what's your takeaways uh, from the situation? Well, one of the things that the court ruled on was violations of what is called the Lanham Act, and that sets up the whole trademark slash copyright you know basis for recovery. Now, <clears throat> I've got clients now who are kind of in the middle of something similar. We'll talk off air. And with this one, though, the key is it's a default judgment. So they they found the name defendant. I think his name was Eric Ziani or Z, yeah Ziani, and he is overseas. And there are other people that they went out and actually served. Now, once you're served, you have X days to respond. These guys didn't respond in a timely manner, so the estate went and sought a default judgment and got it. Now, will they, will they actually collect $10 million? I doubt it. <clears throat> I doubt it. What will probably happen is these guys will either try to appeal, which they will lose because it's a default judgment, or they'll just claim bankruptcy and get it taken care of there. But part of the, of the order is, in addition to the money, they are permanently enjoined from doing anything with this guy's trademark or copyright dis- distribution recording, sales, anything. So that really puts a hamper on what, what they can and can't do. Now, again, this doesn't stop them from setting up another dummy website and still doing this whole deal, but these guys have been caught, and they're caught red-handed. So now it's a question of money. Will the state recover the $7 million? I don't think so, unfortunately. So is it, uh, so some of my things, thoughts on this. I can see this as a symbolic type of a case, right? Sort oh, of yeah. send a signal that, hey, we will go after these types of situations. Yeah, they put a big number out there, seven million, you know, whether or not they get that or not. Um, and then they also say, like you said, from this point, you almost put on notice. Like if you do, you know, now you're officially being, you know, courts are saying, don't do this. So if you continue to do it, you really can't. In my mind, it's not like you can claim any sort of like, I didn't know, or there was a gray area. I mean, they sort of made it legal to say you can't do it moving forward. I'm curious what would happen if you kept doing it. <laughs> like, you know, well, eventually, yeah. eventually you would get caught and get hit with a contempt citation. And a, and a contempt citation means the judge can lock you up for as long as he feels like it. Hmm, interesting. And now also people would, would gripe back in the day when Prince was shutting down all these other websites. Hmm. Oh, man, why is he shutting down my website? Blah, blah, blah. That's why. Because if you let one slide, 
that gives an opening for everybody to slide. So you got to treat everybody the same. If it's a person with like, you know, an unauthorized 45 from back in the day, or a person with like, you know, terabytes of concert footage, you treat them the same because if you let one walk, the others can say, well, you let him walk. Why, why can't we walk? That's why you got to treat them all the same. So I have questions. Can you talk about, say, um, not like necessarily. OK, so you have different radio stations that play um, unreleased or live work that are sourced from these bootlegs. Um, some of them are legit. Some of them are fan radio stations and things like that. So how does that work when you're talking about distribution? From the court's perspective, what does distribution mean? Distribution means, in this sense, it means a fixed, tangible copy, i.e. a download or physical CD. It does not say anything about broadcast. Okay, so what is the line when it comes to broadcast? Because you'll have, um, for example, I can go to the record store right now and get a, a wax of 1990 Tokyo on, on like a, a physical copy, and it was broadcast at the time. And I have heard there are different rules for that. So can do you know about how that's different or is it even legal to do that? Well, when you say there are broadcast rights. So yes. it was probably, you know, whoever originally broadcast that paid for that license or whatever had the right to do that once it is recorded from that broadcast and then sold. That's something different. Right. There's no no license to do that. So. It would be just like a TV show, you know, Warner Brothers may produce a TV show, but it may be licensed to CBS. So CBS has the broadcast rights to play that. Now you record that on your TV or and make DVDs and sell it. Obviously, you don't have the license to sell somebody else's licensed product. So I think that'd be the same with these concert things. I think going into the radio, you know, obviously you have ASCAP and BMI. Uh, where things are paid in that 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 degree, I would say the same even goes for like YouTube. I've seen um, there was a YouTube clip. It was actually the Michael Jackson versus Prince thing or something. That's that skit uh, that yeah. Michael Trapson did. Yeah. I had did a um, reaction video to his video, right, and put it on my YouTube channel. I got a, a thing from YouTube and said, "Hey." Um, this publishing company owns the rights to uh, the, uh, you know, there's the concert footage from Prince Michael Jackson and James Brown that is spoofed in this video, right? But they actually play some of the B.B. King music is you can barely hear it in the background, right? Like, mm. but that publishing company who owned the rights to that B.B. King music said, hey, Michael, you can continue to do your, you know, pr 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 show your video of you reacting to his video with our music in the background, but we're going to take all the revenue from that. <laughs> so it, Just you know, to man. me, it's like the yeah. same type of thing. There are companies who probably do have the licenses to broadcast these. And so it's some of the time it might be up to them to say, well, hey, we actually own the broadcast rights to that. So Mr. Bootlegger or something, you either owe me money. Uh, we need to get a cut. Or in the case of when you're talking about radio or any sort of broadcasting, whether it's like YouTube now or something, there's things in place for some of these that they do get the money. They do get money for those things. So well, that radio station of, may be 
in fact paying a royalty to play certain things. I guess I'm just wondering about like where the line is when it comes to like unreleased or live work, like, um, or, well, here's a, here's a way to answer or ask a different way. So if you are kind of using clips to, um, speak to like an educational perspective of this, um, where's the line there? Is there like a, a time limit that has to be under, or I guess what are they trying to, yeah. I mean, is it though? Because sometimes even the small clips are like, nope, you can't have anything. So I guess I'm trying to figure out where well, the line is. Well, it depends on what your, your use is for, because, <clears throat> excuse me, under fair use, that really is aimed at people like reviewers, uh, critics, things of that nature. And so, so it stops people from saying, look, I'm going to review the Batman album in its entirety. So we're going to play the whole thing. No, no. It's got to be done reasonably. And like Mike was saying, the PROs really watch out for that. That's their job. So the publishing people, ASCAP BMI, their job is to make sure we get paid for any time someone exploits you know, that composition. As a songwriter, same thing. You got to get your songwriting share. Now, with something unreleased, this takes me back to the whole genesis of the Napster beef with Metallica. Someone released the song, I Disappear, and it just got out and it wasn't released. So to me, initially, I'm thinking, well, that's your own internal security. That's on you. No. The label <clears throat> has exclusive distribution of that song. So someone, you know, unreleased it. You have the label looking at you now saying, look, you're stepping on our rights. You can't do that. That's what will come in here. If someone took something from Paisley and just cut it loose, that was unreleased. The label, which able, and again, whichever label he was under at that time will come around and say, excuse us. No, we're going to need that back. And I guarantee you the state wants something to say about it as well as the right of intellectual property theft. So people who are brazen enough to do that and play something on air that is unreleased, they're going to come see you. Uh, the state is almost, I, I take that back, the state is as active as Rolex is about their trademark. Now, back in the day, and yes, I'm ashamed to admit this, I had a knockoff Rolex. And I, <laughs> I know. Hey, you're trying to ball? I get it. I, I was trying to trying to be that dude. <laughs> and I put on eBay for sale. Hilarious. I, I got a notice from Rolex saying, look, we want the watch. We want to know where you got it. What's up? I'm like, God damn. And they were not kidding. So people, when it comes to trademarks and copyrights, sometimes you have to be that bulldog. Because if you don't, people will essentially take money out of your pocket. Bottom line. That's why that's why musicians generally, with the exception of things like the Grateful Dead and other small, you know, cutoffs like that, they don't like bootlegging for that reason. It takes money away from them. And you get low quality stuff most times. <clears throat> yeah, it is interesting, you know, uh, you know, you talk about the trademark infringement. I've just listened to the uh, audiobook of Dapper Dan, his memoir. And his whole thing was, you know, taking Gucci, Louis, Fendi and their logos and 
putting them on these different clothing and doing different creative stuff with it. But that was the whole, his whole sort of, I guess, downfall in the sense was that it was trademark infringement, right? And they had to, they shut him down. Uh, creative as it was, it was still somebody else's IP that he was using, putting them on other products. It only became a problem for him when, you know, uh, the growth of hip hop, essentially, once the rappers started wearing it and it was on MTV and it became international, then it became a problem. It wasn't a problem when it was just in the streets of Harlem and, you know, across the hoods of America because they didn't know about it. But I think exactly. it's the same thing. I see the parallels in this and I'm saying it to say that, you know, once you get to a certain point with it, you know, you're going to get noticed. You start getting noticed. I mean, it got so crazy for him that he was and he didn't say what brand it was. But he said there was a brand. One of the big ones went to MTV and said, listen, we were, we do business with you, but we'll pull all of our ads or whatever they're paying Viacom so much money. If you do not blur all of the logos in any music video that comes across, you know, all the the Dapper Dan stuff. So when you see them old hip hop videos, just why are they blurring? He was the reason they was they was like they were told by some big brand MTV. We know they're going to pull money from you or you got to start blurring all these videos. And I kind of can see like to me, I look at it like a bootleg type of thing or unreleased music. Yeah, you trading music amongst your buddies or different fans and all that kind of stuff. But I think when you get to a certain point when you are operating it, you know, you working it like a job and, you know, what I'm saying? and you releasing stuff and it's you're selling it and it's becoming way bigger than just sort of fans just kind of doing a little thing. Then, yeah, you're going to come to the attention of the people who probably own all this stuff. Like to me, it wouldn't you shouldn't be surprised just as dapper and some of. OK, you're starting to get big there's money going on now and I, so people were watching i think the difference here to me though is like and it's the same thing dapper dan with they was raiding his store like they would regularly raid his store with the police and pull like gucci was sending people and pull all the stuff off the shelf take it and then pull other companies pull it off but he's he, he just was like a rebel and said, oh, i'm gonna do it anyway so, okay well eventually they're gonna pull you to court they can't take you to jail for stuff like this, but they took all his stuff. So they had to shut down. To me, it's kind of the same way. I'm. I would imagine that the estate is not going to come out the gate with a lawsuit. Usually, they do what cease and desist. We've all gotten that. You realize what you're doing. Okay, we see you. Slow down. But if you brazen, I think it was big sexy state when you brazenly. So now nah, we not. We, we're gonna step it up then you can't be shocked when, you know, you have to deal with the consequences of your actions, right? When you're dealing with somebody else's stuff and there's money involved. That's why I was like, to me, whether or not they get the money is not necessarily the, the issue per se. Of course, they're probably not. But you can't be surprised that they have to act this way because in my opinion, if they don't go after the so-called little guy, if that's what we want to call that, we want to go after what stops a big corporation or company doing the same thing? And just as Big Sexy said, well, you've allowed this marketplace to exist where anybody can get a taste. Why can't we get a taste? You know, so I can see why you would have to sort of protect your situation. Are there better ways to do it? 
up, of course. But I guess you, to me, you have to have that same energy question to the other side. Are there better ways to do what you do when you're dealing with somebody else's stuff and you know it's not on the up and up, right? So to me, it's like both sides kind of have to come together, but only one real side, the estate, has the power in the situation. One, they got the money, so they're going to probably, uh, they can, they can as, you, as you want to say, they can waste money on lawyers. <laughs> on one hand, they got money to burn. Most of us do not have that kind of money to burn. To, you know, I don't even know if these guys have money enough to even show up to court. They don't, probably don't want that smoke, whatever the reasons why they didn't even respond to it. But, of course, the estate, they, they got people on the payroll. Of course, we're going to keep it going. So you, you have to understand who you're fighting against, how much resources they got versus you. And then what happens when you do lose? Right. They put you on blast. I don't know if they go after. I don't and know they how, will take assets. That's what I'm saying. I don't know if they go after <clears throat> your credit or you, you kind oh, of set, yes. you're setting yourself up for all this. And it, to me, the end of the day, when you, oh, I got the support of the people. Are the people donating their money to help you fight the law? No. Then yeah. you don't have the support. You have fake online <laughs> tweets, <laughs> but you can't cash that. You know what I'm saying? That ain't going to get, you know what I mean? That's not going to help you when it comes down to the nitty gritty. So that's why I'd be like, I, I'm, I love, listen to me close. I love bootlegs. I love the music, right? I'm a, I'm a Prince fan. I love the music. But I know that you're not going to be hanging in front of their face. Nah, 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 nah. That, that ain't going to never work. Not when you get to a certain level. You could be like with your little group of people online. Yeah, let me get that. Cool. Okay, everybody got a copy. Straight. But when you start operating it, you're working it like a job, man, then you rolling the dice. And you're dealing with a, you're dealing with a company that's about their bread. You know that from day. That's the whole reason why they have an estate is to make money. That's why the bank is controlling it. It ain't a group. Of, it ain't the family members or it's the bank. So the bank is about bread. So they ain't going to let nobody slide. <laughs> That's not what a bank. Why would a bank? A bank don't never operate like that. I, 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 and I can't forget that either. So I, I'd be going, man, why are they sending me this again? Well, because it's a bank. nigga. They, they want money. <laughs> That's what they are for. So they're coming for their bread. So if I understand who I'm dealing with, I know how to move. So to me, like, you know, I, I, I don't want to see iRecords. I wouldn't personally want to see anybody have to go through stuff like this, but I feel like they must have been given opportunities where they didn't have to go down like this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, but I don't in know. law, you have the cease and desist. Right. That puts you on notice saying, look, stop this or we're coming to see you. So to me, the cease and desist is like a, almost a get out of jail free card. Okay, I'm caught. I'm done. That's it. Walk away. If you choose to assume that risk, another legal term, then you then you know what you're going to get. So when they come get you, you can't play. Well, I didn't know. Uh, I, no, no. You were told. And now we got to check you. That's how it is. So can I give an example? I'm asking a lot of questions, obviously, because no, if you know me online, you know why I'm asking these questions. But back in the day, there used to be a site called For the Funk. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to give this, this story. <laughs> I saw it online. Of course, everybody's aware if you're in the bootleg community of what this is. And I was like, you know what? This is like, I would like to update this site. And so I reached out to the person who owned it. And I was like, can I redesign this site for you? And he was like, yeah. Because he was like, I don't really have time to update it like I used to and things like that. So I got some of my Muse folks and me. I redesigned the site. We updated the listings, made it searchable and everything like that. It was great for like a year and a half. I had all these plans for how I want it to go. But there was a disclaimer that was on the front of the site when you came in. It said, um, we're not going to tell you where it was. It was a little more legalese, but basically we don't sell bootlegs here. If you're looking, if you leave a comment about where to find a bootleg, we're going to delete it. This is for information purposes only. So you can know like, um, if you did a concert, what was the set list? What label is it on? Um, what are the bootleg catalogs and things like that and reviews? But this is only for information. So it was good for like a year and a half. Then I get an email from the estate that said, uh, this is copyright infringement um, on uh, his likeness and his, um, you know, the symbol and different things like that that were in the art of the bootleg listings. And I was like, uh, okay. So I, I shut it down. And then people were like, oh, you should fight it. And I'm like, I'm not trying to get sued. <laughs> I don't have the money for this. <laughs> but what I was annoyed about was all the same listings were on Discogs. The only thing that was different about my site is that it was specific to Prince only. So I was trying to figure out, like, what's the difference between what they do and what I do? And why do they come for me and not Discogs? I don't know what Discogs does. Well, you can't. Well, you used to be able to sell it, but now they just have the listings and that's it. Well, this is to say, who's to say they didn't go to the disc, right? We don't actually yeah. know that they did. Now, Discogs may have a lawyers or somebody that hit them back with like, well, actually, da da da, whoop whoop whoop. Here you go, and they were like, you know what? Eh, okay, <laughs> we can fight this out, or yeah, let's go after somebody else. That's how I picture it. They'll come at regular fans, and they know most fans when they see it's something lawyer, state, oh sh scared and that's why they do that right and they know yeah, I was half and they I was know, like oh thanks for noticing me they right but they know you're not gonna put your money up you, you got a life you ain't got time to be i'm gonna fight no i got a right to most people ain't gonna do all that so i would say it isn't to say that they didn't go after those other people maybe they did and maybe the other people may have pushed back a little bit and they were like nah okay hey cool who else Let, let's go after the week you, you go after the week first you go after those you know ain't about that life. And that to me, if they hired a lawyer, law firm, and they like go after everybody, most of these are just fans or whatever, go on and send them a thing and, and let's see who, who don't bite back. Most of them won't. Cool. And there might be a few. Well, actually, da 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 da. Oh, okay, let's, we can chop it up back and forth and figure out a resolution. But I, I, I think that's, I think they probably do hit up a lot of, a lot of people. But again, most people ain't got the time to be like being defiant like because at the end of the day you ain't getting paid off of it really and they got money to burn so they were definitely like hey the fans were like oh we'll help you i'm like you're you're really gonna yeah, help right. me keep my job and everything exactly. if they come gonna pay me the, like that? yeah right okay i'm gonna set up a gofundme and <laughs> don't tell me you're gonna help me i'll wait till i see the, the money come through then i know <laughs> like, yeah okay i was just see, wondering at the end of the day bottom line here is people are trafficking in things that don't belong to them. Mm, that's that's mean. it at the end of the day. Now, also, when the estate or any trademark 
rights holder contacts you, they're almost like a bill collector in the sense of let's establish a dialogue and talk this shit out. And sometimes, you know, like maybe with Discogs, they contacted them, Discogs called their legal team, and they worked it out and made concessions or something to that to that extent, or at least had the conversation. When you don't even respond, they're like, oh, it's like that? Okay, fine. Here we come. And the general, you know, layperson doesn't know how to respond or doesn't respond think of it. That was a mistake. They didn't, they're not going to get me. Yeah, they're going to get you. Trust me, Rolex came to get me, so I know. And let me say this, and because uh, I want to shout out my guy. Uh, I can see it. It's across the room. It's like the, it's the 50 essential bootlegs. Uh, book. Yeah. Yeah. Hanish. 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 Now, I know, and I know he was like working hard on that book, and he did a great job on that book. He sent me a copy, and it was up for sale. And my understanding was, I think, and correct me if those who may know, you know, the state, I think, got it pulled off of Amazon or something. Amazon in, at least in America. pulled it from their listings, yeah, in America. And to me, that would be a case where I don't, now I'm just, in my opinion, he's talking about bootlegs or unreleased material. Uh, I don't know if, I can't remember if there were pictures in the book or not, but there weren't. There weren't. So, I mean, to me, I don't know if, if it was just a case for him. It's like, you know what? I ain't got time for this, whatever. I'm, I'm doing, moving on. But I would, I would, if, if somebody, if he would, if there was a way that he had the resources, I would have, I would have thought he had a legitimate, he could have had a legitimate pushback to say, no, actually, this book is about this. We're not doing this. And we're talking about this stuff. We can still talk about things without, you know what I mean? But I can understand. We might have been like, you know what? Hey, man, I ain't got time. I don't want no smoke with it. Whatever. I wrote my book. I, I'm, that's a success. And let me keep it pushing. But, I, you know, I can see there's things like that, though, that I feel like. I don't, I'm not going to say the estate was wrong, but I'm just like, you need to dig deeper into what's going on everything isn't about stealing or infringement or whatever the line of infringement is um, but i'll go back to say this in terms of the music though and the selling of the music that's wrong in my opinion period absolutely yep. like that's what i have a problem with i've talked about it before but if the i records people are actually selling the music to me it doesn't matter if they're not making a profit you can't sell other people's stuff particularly and i'm about to go on cold for a second but to me i have a problem for the prince uh icon uh superstar you know uh, african-americans a black man blood sweat and tears and gave his life to being in the studio, putting it down, doing the actual work. Now, for somebody to come from overseas who ain't about that life, who probably ain't been in the studio, they ain't, they ain't got nothing to do with that. And to take that man's work and to monetize it and actually sell the work, that's not cool to me on multiple levels. Like, even the, the bootleg, that's, on, that's what I said earlier, to me is on some ultimate culture vulture you're not are you donating the money back to the community or back to the state 
or are you even doing some charity? You know what I mean? Like even then I could understand at least try to see some sort of logic in it. But I have a problem with that. And particularly, again, I can't res- And to me, that's, so that's, that's a gangster move. Like when you, you're actually taking somebody else's work and you're reselling it uh, and you don't pay nothing back. And then when you don't even put your face on it, you know what I'm saying? Like you're not even real enough to be like, yeah, that's right. I did that. I'm selling your shit. What? You have to hide <laughs> behind pseudonyms and all this other stuff. That's the ultimate level of corny. You're basically raping, raping somebody else's work that my man damn near died for. So that's why I can't really respect. I, on, so on that level, I don't respect it, man. And, I, and if they're listening, listen, I, I'm not coming down on you like as a fan. Of, I'm, just, I'm just calling it for what it is. Like, that's not cool. There's no way, and ain't nobody could tell me no rationale behind that. Because if you can't walk to a person's face and tell them in their face, I just took your shit, then you can't, then you're corny. Like, that's not really, you, that's a sucker move, right? And you monetize the sucker move. You can't be mad when you get called out for that. That's what I've talked on other shows. That's what belt time is. When, when somebody say, hey, man, oh, you stole my stuff? Oh, and you thought you was going to get away with it? Nah, B, I'm on that ass. You have to take that L or or fight. You know what I'm saying? And and if you don't even so they didn't even they didn't even come to the table to fight to me like they didn't even come to court and be like, yeah, we did that, but here's why or something. It was just it's all innuendos and and cats is hiding. You can't respect cats that hot. I just I can't do it, man. Like I don't one thing the mindset. One thing about the Hamish book, which I don't have. Hamish, I don't have the book, Hamish. Now, having said that, um, it depends because if the book is actually called 50 Essential Bootleg or something like that and gives you like, okay, this is a show, this is a small club, second night show at Brussels and it's on so-and-so's label and all that, that's infringement. Because you're talking, you're talking about a product that is infringing the copyright. So no. Now, had he now had someone said these are 50 essential performances and you know <clears throat> there's one that's been called small club second show and this was a set list, that's fine. But if you say it was on this label or it's a bootleg right there in the, in some gray area and I'm sure Amazon was like, "You know what? We're not getting in this. We're not going to do this." Y'all figure it out. So they stepped out of it. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. It does say that. It says the label and where to find it. Not where to find it, but what the label in the catalog. See right there. Oh, there's okay. there's yeah. the problem. So I remember we did a review on that sh- that that show on the podcast. I, 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 I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> well, I do. I, I own it. <laughs> but I don't know if I can't remember. I don't know if we were like this label because I, I don't have it as a CD, but. Uh, but that's interesting. I didn't know. So if you actually say, yeah, it's on blah, blah, blah records, then that's where it becomes. Right there, we got a problem. Interesting. Yeah, because yeah, I don't think, because, I mean, I'm not airing him out, but there, there's a website and he doesn't say where to find it there. He just talks about it. I think that's probably why that's able to fly in the book. Well, that's why. Mm-hmm. If he's talking about performances from various locations at various times, that's fine. That's, go ahead. 
But the minute you say, look, man, this bootleg here is better than that bootleg, and this is a crowd recording, mm. this is a soundboard recording, uh-uh. Interesting. Uh-uh. That's a big no. Okay. Now, also, you mentioned, you know, and this is going to be the word for the day, brazen. Um, there was a store in Berkeley back when I was in law school. I'm not going to name names on air. But a store back in Berkeley that had their their bootlegs out there mixed in with regular CDs. I remember walking in there one night after class, just killing time, and I saw the Crucial CD. I'm like, what the hell is this? And I started rifling through it. I'm like, oh, I'm taking all these. And I'd come down there every few, few months, pick up more. And then eventually, they got caught. Why? They got too big, too brazen with their opportunities, and someone you know dropped a dime on them, and they got popped. That's how it is. Mm. I, remember, I, me- I remember buying that CD back in the day. See? <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I remember going to the record stores here, and I remember the first time I went to the particular ro- record stores, and I was like, "Whoa!" They, I heard about these. I'm like, "They actually have these!" Like, I was shocked. I was like, "Oh, I gotta get it!" You know, I picked it mm-hmm. up. Uh, I think the the first thing I actually bought was um, the, the uh, Sign of the Times, uh, you know, preview show at the First Avenue. Mm. It was on vinyl. Oh, yeah. And that's when I had a record record player picked. I was just blown away. I was like, whoa, I heard about this. Finally bought it. And I can look at it now through, you know, 2019 lenses. And I understand. I had the enthusiasm. It was so exciting. And I love jamming that record and all the different CDs. But I can look at it now and say, honestly, I was wrong. You know, not that I, yes, I enjoyed it. It was great. I'm glad I got the opportunity. But I see that. I knew that wasn't officially released. There <laughs> was no mistake about it. And I knew, and now I know that that money wasn't going to Prince. Like, I don't know who the money went to. I assume it must have went to the store or whatever. But I'm sure they wouldn't funneling back no Freedom Train, Underground Railroad finances back to Prince or the Warners or whoever. So I can look at it now and take the L, internal L, and say, yeah, I still am a Super Prince fan and I buy the releases and stuff, but I was buying them bad boys. Now I know, and I knew then, just didn't want to accept it, that that's wrong. That's stealing. That I'm not, my man, he in the studio putting in work. I'm paying the other man the money for this brother man's work. And he ain't getting the money. That. I should have had a problem with that, but I was in my own sort of selfish. Oh, this is great. I didn't care. And to me, that's where we're at with this. And I just think that each person, whenever they want to have to admit that, like, and call it for what it is, not to say that you should, you know, it should never happen again. I'm just, I'm just saying though, when you know you're doing fuckery, you should be able to admit it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Cause Otherwise, then you, that's a dangerous place when you, when you can over-rationalize your foolishness. You know it's still. So I know we were stealing. Uh, I'm still grateful for the book. I'm grateful for any of that drip out today. Will mm-hmm. I pay for them? No. Like, I would probably be low-key mad if I saw somebody actually selling it. I don't know if I'd have the balls enough to go up and say, hey, man, what the fuck are you doing? But I will be like, nah, I'm not supporting that, homie. I can't, 
I can't do that's wrong, man. What what if that was mine? You know, so I wouldn't want people. I, if I had the same energy, would I want them to do me like that? Would I want them to be taking my podcast and be selling them? And I'm not eating, but I'm sitting here. We all sitting here putting in the work every day for the last year. And, you know, other opportunities we don't get to do or family time where we putting in work and somebody overseas is selling it. And whether oh they ain't making no money, you know what I would say? That's cool. But when I see you, it's smoke time. It's bell, it's bell time. And, and I, you tell me in my face, you, you ain't making no money. You think that I'm going to give a fuck about that? I'm on your ass. So that's what I'm saying. It's the same type of thing, man. Uh, but, hey, man, uh, you got to know what you're dealing with. I understand why this state has to make the moves that they make. I don't have to agree with them, but it really doesn't matter if I agree with them or not because it ain't my state and it ain't mine. So whoever's stuff it is they get to decide what happens to it not me because <laughs> i know i i wouldn't want nobody deciding what what happens with my stuff without consulting me first so i would I imagine remember, they would get the same shouldn't they get the same opportunity yes i remember back when i saw the third eye girl show in san francisco in 2013 and i'm standing in line at the front of the line by the way and they came out and said look do not take your phones in there. If you pull it out, we're coming to throw you out. Period. You know, 20 minutes later, we're about to open the doors. Pull out your phone, we're showing you the door. These tickets cost you all a lot of money. And if you want to run the risk, that's on you. And I'm like, I'm not the one. So I just, you know, sock mine away. And I'm in there watching, just, just chilling. You know, room gets dark. And all of a sudden, every so often, you see the... The guys, the security cats with their flashlights, uh, you, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> I don't know why a person would risk a $250 ticket over some bad video and bad audio, but that's on you. You know, but I saw them throw people right on out of there. Same for piano why. and a microphone, yep. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. But, you know, the sad, I, let me, I'm going to be clear. The thing, it's still doing it to this day. Oh, yeah. They, <laughs> I mean, these people, and I'm not trying to, you know, burn on anybody, but the bootlegger will prey on the enthusiasm, the genuine, organic enthusiasm of the fan. That's all they do. Yeah, and you know, you know? the, and that's I'm gonna I'm I'm just use your words, the bootlegger. And I don't actually call that everybody a bootlegger because we don't want to, because it seems like kind of harsh. But actually, if you look at it as that your, as yourself as the bootlegger. Low-key shots thrown here, but I'm gonna say that you have to. To me, this is all about respect. If we're Prince fans, then we have to have some sort of respect for Prince. The man is not here for Christ's sake, right? So when we go into places like Pace, particularly Paisley Park, I get the enthusiasm. I'm a fan too. I understand why you would do this, but. When you go into somebody else's house and you walk out of somebody else's house with things from said house that you wasn't supposed to, that's disrespectful. Even if you are not selling it, doing all this, you're doing something sneaky. Which is to me disrespectful. Again, if you can't do it in front of, like, if you came into my house 
And we was having, you know, I said, man, come on over, man. We're going to have a good little thing. Big Sexy's coming through. Kinesis is going to be coming through. You know, my kids, my family's going to be here. It's going to be a good time, man. Just come and hang out. We might chop it up and have some good conversation. If you came over here and recorded our conversation and you was hiding the, the, the situation, you're a sucker for that. And we're going to have a problem. Even, I'm just saying, even if I even ever found out about, I'm just, in, in your own personal, when you have to, when you're by yourself, you have to realize that's disrespectful. <laughs> like, what are you doing? I get that. Man, I was just so happy to be around those guys. And it was a great conversation. And I want some of my other friends to hear it. But I was like, I get that. But dog. So we recording us. You recording in secret? You came into my crib? Like my house house with that? You don't think that's foul? I I, I wasn't selling it, Mike, with no disrespect to you. I, I just was so excited because I wanted other people to be able to hear. Yeah, but why wouldn't you just ask me then? Like, Or if you know I'm not with that, why did you do it? And so you don't really care what I think or you just want what you want out of the situation. So I, I put that in a more personal lens because if you did that to your person you knew or you admired, that would be so disrespectful. So I'm questioning, like, why are we doing that to Prince? You see what I'm saying? Because I say that that stuff happens. I see. And I don't say nothing. Sometimes I don't be saying nothing about it. I'm just saying it because we in this conversation. That kind of got me in my feelings a little bit. But, but we do have to check ourselves a little bit and be and realize we can't be just, uh, you know, Prince was not uh, some imaginary thing. Or Paisley Park is not a match. That's, that was, his, in a sense, his house. <laughs> so when you walk in there and you're doing funny stuff, that's really disrespectful. You really got to ask yourself, how much of this are you more a fan of the thought of it where you really like admire or appreciate who he really was because to me if you really saw him as a real person you wouldn't pull some shit like that because you would think that's disrespectful but if you just see him as just this musician and oh it's a great music and you know then you you really just a fan of what he did you could give zero f's for him really like you wouldn't you don't even see him as a real human being I do have a problem with that. Like you have to, I think we still have to, we got to, you know, as we are getting older as fans, you know, we're not the kids anymore. We can start having more like uh, logical, uh, respectful ways of doing things. And we realize some of the things we used to do is not cool anymore. And to me, that's, it's just that same type of entitlement. I'm really starting to be like, I don't really know. Some, some of these people say they're fans, but I don't really with a fan or somebody that really cool with you would they pull that like that's not cool like I'd be ready to fight somebody or or I would be like you can never come to my house no more man what kind of shit you got my peoples on tape what are you, are you the fans or something what are you doing so I eh, I went on a little tangent but just it's the same type of stuff man we, we gotta remember that this dude was a real person man and there are real people his family who, whether or not they have control over the situation or not, this it's their stuff. You know, at the end of the day, it's supposed to trickle down to them. If we all fuck it all off so that there's not no value to it by the time they do get in control, that's a little that's just that's kind of corny, like, eh. That's not what being a fan's about, in my opinion. One one thing that happened at the uh event Wednesday was there was an announcement made by the host, and again, I apologize. I 
her name escapes me right now, she said, look, we're about to get started. Let's everyone be in the moment. Put your phones away. No recording or any of this. And as much as I wanted to record it, and especially the you know my conversation with everybody else and the questions I was going to ask, I'm like, you know what? She's right. So I put the bad phone away. You don't want, you don't want to be that guy or that woman, you know, to get called out and for essentially letting your enthusiasm make you make a stupid sucker decision. Yeah, and you, you can't be saying, "Hey, what's going on, Jackie and Dave?" Exactly. And you're supposed to be and then, oh, shit, let me get my. Yeah. You know, then, uh, then, so I can share no. it with the fellas. And, huh? <laughs> and that and that reflects back on you. And I can't do that. I can't put other people in the jackpot over my own enthusiastic stupidity. So I didn't even go get in that that situation. And I didn't see anyone else do it, but I'm sure somebody did. I'm sure somebody did. That's how people are. There's always one. And you can't do that. You can't, especially with a small, intimate gathering like you were talking about, Mike. You know, you got the crew over, you guys are just sitting around, chopping it up, you know. Oh, I'm not going to record this. Really? That, no, was, that man, was the that Jesse cool. Johnson recording. <laughs> yep. <actually. laughs> oh, I got this nigga on tape. He's talking crazy. Yep. I'm going to expose his ass. Huh? Is that what we're doing? That is not cool. <laughs> but anyway. But, you know, hey, man, uh, when the next boot coming? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, honestly, do be like it's a duality. I have to say that a large part of my appreciation for Prince is from stuff that I shouldn't have. Sure. Listening to the process, how things get created, listening to rehearsals and all this other stuff. But I shouldn't have it. And it's like a it's a it's a struggle because I like I want more people to hear it so they can fully appreciate it. But it's not something that we should have so it's it's in the head but again like you said always on the lookout <laughs> for more well yeah i mean and, and again there's levels to it. i mean in an industry like that that music industry they know yes bootlegging has existed it's gonna always be but it has it's gonna always keep it at a certain level and once it become becomes an industry then yeah we're gonna have to tap that ass when it's just fans trading it y'all keep it down but don't let it you know you you're not but but when you out there jumping around ha ha yeah i got your shit then <laughs> yes then we're coming for you that's just all and to me that's all this was it it, it got a little too big i don't know if, if these people's egos was like oh we gonna man we the rebels we doing what the fuck we want you know that's you know it gets a little and now we ain't mention this but when you uh have princess you have some valuable prince stuff uh, that you, you know, nobody else got and you knew Prince or whatever, then you have to understand too, you can't, you know, uh, you, you know, you have to be smart about what you're doing. You know, what these tapes, this, this music come from somewhere, right? So the people who have these tapes, you know, whether it's band members or who are engineers or however this stuff come or record execs, execs, they, some of them is taking money for these. It's keeping one, it's keeping a buck, right? And to me, again, man, if you my man, oh, you're going to sell my stuff out? See, my thing is this, man. I can understand how people, 
you know, oh, I knew you 20 years ago or this and that and the third. And this is my life right now. And I'm not balling. I, you know, I'm dealing with real stuff. I get it. But thing about it is you got to know who you're dealing with. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm speaking on a level when you're doing um, not illegal stuff, but when you're sort of dealing with the underworld type of situations, uh, you want to know who you're getting in bed with. Because, see, there's going to be people that's going to be snitching. And somebody goes, oh, well, I, I, I got it from such and such. The people are going to tell. And so when you decide to engage in that world, you have to be ready that you're rolling the dice and you're putting your shit on somebody else's integrities and, you know, and, and, and whatever cloth that they're cut from. And you got to deal with the consequences of that. Uh, but to me, uh if, again, if I, I have to personalize it, if it was big, sexy, and he had some of my uh, old school music tapes that I had, or some of the old podcasts that we didn't put out in the public, and Lord forbid, not not Lord, please happen that I blew up one day or something. I, I was <laughs> oh Mike, he got a thing on BT, Mike on TV one. I, that'd be big to me. I don't care. Mike on such. A, <laughs> and I was on CNN. He got it. Well, I got his original tapes. Uh, they're big. They was, there's some value to this. I, can, I, I need some bread. Let me go out and sell these. I would probably be like, man, I get, I, if I found out about, oh, man, disappointment, big sexy. I mean, was you hurting? Man, you needed to eat, man? How, how come you didn't holler at me? Like, what's going on? You had to go in, you, sell, you sold it to the other man? What? Ah, bruh. I could take it that way and just, man, go ahead and take the air. All right, man, don't do that again. Or someone would be like, yo, man, you're going to get spanked for that. Or some people would be like, that ain't cool. Like some people, uh, you know, like a, now if he was dealing with an early Jay-Z, he'd stab you for it, right? Yeah, he will. <laughs> he, <laughs> he stabbed a guy over that. Or, or a Tupac. He was running up on people on the street. But I'm just saying, like, if you if you inside the circle and you you feeding the bootleggers, that's kind of crazy, man. I mean, it is kind of crazy. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it is what it is. That's why I'm saying, like, then there must be some money involved in Because I know if I had the tapes, I wouldn't be giving them up for free. What do I get out of it? Well, first of all, I wouldn't do that. That's my man's work. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. But I'm just saying, man, it's a whole... We, I, we're just keeping it a buck. I can't be going hard on our records if we're not going hard on the other... Who feeds our records? You see what I'm saying? Where they get that from? We'd be disingenuous not to, to talk about that. So, hey, man, you know, all everybody, uh, all eyes on everybody. And some, well, what levels? Are there levels to it? Well, what if I sold the scarf prince? I mean, that's you do what you do. Uh, but we're talking about the music. They're not selling Prince scarves yet. <laughs> right. They're not selling. Uh, uh, Prince line of socks. They Actually, they are, but continue. oh, okay. Well, well, they're <laughs> not saying they're not saying Prince wore those. Like, sure. you know what I'm saying? Like, that's not personal items. Uh, that's that person. If if that was given to you or you got in your position, you got to deal with the consequences of whatever actions you want to do. So, if you want to sell it, cool. Do what you do. Uh, you can sell it in the open market in those auction type things. I, I assume that's legal. You might deal with some disgruntled fans, but 
that's a you made that short, you know whatever but when you're selling copyrighted material or 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 things that they hold as value then yeah the estate that bank they about their bread then that's you dealing with a whole other situation and you have to you know be very careful of the get down and i would say be very careful of who you associating with that's trying to get at you for these items you don't know these people that's why i'd be like is this the same sort of principles that would hold weight in the streets if someone's hey man i got a my man uh, got a g he trying to flip oh word how much well nigga you don't know these who, who are these niggas <laughs> like who who is your man i don't know him i'm not doing business with this cat i don't know what happens he, when he get caught is he telling the same with this music oh this this is hot music right here who's old boy who is this oh he's such and such from the uk i mean I, who vouching for him i don't know these niggas man that's why I'm saying you gotta have the same type of mindset that you you dealing in underworld activity where there's people that assess value to it and they coming for people if you get caught. And if you dealing in a situation like that, then you better know the integrity of the man you dealing with because it's gonna come back to you. And you make that choice to get into that. So you can't be mad when you get caught. Or you can't be mad when the smoke come and when the fans find out about it, it is what it is. But that's why I say it's probably best not to even get involved, man. Just like, you know what? That's why I said, for me, I don't want that smoke. So I'm cool. Huh? So don't come to me talking about, oh, Mike, where do I get the bootlegs? People be asking me that all the time. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I got my, my man. I, I, I found it online, but I don't know. Because <laughs> I don't, first of all, I don't really know who these people that be asking me this stuff is. And if it ain't about a handful of people that I know, no, I don't know. Yo, man, where I get the good bud at? I don't know. Who, who got the, oh, uh, man, who, you know who's selling uh, the, the laptops that's, that have been, I don't know. <laughs> I, I can't help you. I don't know you. I'm cool. Did you buy the originals? <laughs> that's what I asked. Yeah, Did you get exactly. the originals? Because <laughs> I don't know nothing else about what you're talking about. But anyway. Back when I was a prosecutor, I, um, I was downtown at some event, just bullshitting guy rolls up on me with a with one of those knockoff DVDs you buy on the street. I forgot what movie it was. And it was something that was in the theaters. So, Brian man, Brian man, five dollars. I said, man, look, I'm going to do you a favor. I'm a prosecutor. You don't want to sell that to me. I would leave. And the guy turned into Carl Lewis. <laughs> he was quickly out of there. <laughs> Again, I don't know why people want to risk their their freedom and just the inconvenience of all this over, you know, nickels and dimes. It's like, you, no, 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 no. It's not yours. You can't sell it. Now, having said that, yes, I have come across items in my travels here and there that I'm never giving up, but I'm also never selling them either. That's different. You know, that's just... It, it's not the same. It is the same, but it's not the same. And, and it's just, again, there's levels. This stuff is going to happen. Of course, it's always been happening. It's going to happen. But I just, you know, there's levels to it. Like, if, again, uh, if you had something, oh, yeah, I got that one song by Prince. Oh, okay. Oh, you got that? Yeah, man, I'm the only one who had that. Okay. Now, you know there's an underground market for this. 
do you go to the cats that's super hot <laughs> that everybody's watching or do you nah I mean y'all too hot y'all got the block hot I'm cool man everyone's looking at you I'm I'm not I can't nah, I can't do business I'm gonna go over here where it's nice and quiet out the limelight to me that's what this is I records was uh what's my man out of out of Atlanta that was they was popping they had billboards at dope dealers and you don't even know oh. the history of your city Kalisa? <laughs> I don't live here for that long. I was only here uh, big, for a big meech. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. I do. Yeah, they was. What, what is a big meech? Oh man, you're, you're, Fifty Cent's about to do a whole TV series on that, but you should read. Oh, I'll, cool. I'll point you to some books. These are very interesting guys. They was they was really balling, like out of control balling, millions, hundreds of millions of dollars. This is like in the what two thousands, or whatever. Super visible i mean mean, he had a billboard in atlanta uh, you know broadcasting (laughs) this is how big they were uh and they were brazen with it but magic word you word uh you you can't so if you that brazen now if you was getting into the game i would be like you might not want to i mean yeah you can do business with that but they front street with it they balling out of control you know, uh, or you could be over here low key and just get your money. And if you're going to be in it, why would you go with the ones that's so brazen? Like, and just ah, la, 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 because they going to fall. You know, the eyes is on and they got to come down. Anytime you rise like that and you're doing a funny business, you got to come down. That's the nature of the game. No, there ain't nobody who balls out on their funny illegal business and gets away with it. It's only when, when they become visible that they going to fall. So I would, I wouldn't even get it. So even if I had something, I wouldn't even deal with that because ah, that's they too, they out there, flossing on them hard. I'm cool. I, nah, I'm gonna go over here to my man. He only get like a couple downloads, but he go ahead and cut me a check. And keep it, keep it, you know, on a, on a low. And again, there's levels to it. So I'm just saying, man, like, because I'm saying this because I know the bootleg thing ain't, ain't gonna stop. And we don't want it to stop. We don't want it to stop, right? Right or wrong. But again, can't be selling them. And and you best and you certainly can't be out here laughing and putting it in their face and all that. And not, and you know what I mean. You just calling attention to yourself, and nothing good will ever come out of that. You know. Um, and I think that's what we have to remember. So it probably should just keep it to more of this private shared groups and you know what i mean and and don't be out there so they think that you're infringing on what they're doing but you know hey man that's all i gotta say about it you guys can i feel like i'm rambling (laughs) (laughs) but it reminds me of uh god what's happening back in the day when somebody taught raj and rerun in the bootleg of the doobie brothers concert Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that was my first exposure to <laughs> bootlegs. I had no idea, and it's like, look, man, you get a substandard recording. Fans get ripped off. The artists don't get paid. It's just bad news all the way around. And again, you know, like you said, you know, like the, the war word of the day is uh, brazen. Brazen. Yeah. The 
more bold you get, the more money that's involved, someone's coming to see you. It's going to happen. That's how all the kingpins get caught. You know, Nino Brown looking at you. Mr. I'm king of the world. Okay, king of the world. We're coming to see you. That's what happens. You know, I'm not I'm not advocating any tomfoolery. <laughs> Mr. Prosecutor. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you gotta be on top of these things. You gotta you gotta think wisely. One thing that kind of is related to this with trademarks, and again, I and I'm not a big Jay-Z fan of his music, but I am of his business sense. When that whole thing with Crystal, you know, blew up and they're like, Well, we don't want these hip hop people drinking our product. Jay's like, Oh, is that right? All right, fine. Cancel Crystal. And I bet they lost a ton of sales over some stupidity when they could have embraced these cats, broke bread, done some, you know, endorsements or sponsorships, kept it moving. But they did it, shot themselves in the foot, and fucked up their brand. That makes Bottom me, you make, now you may kind of ask another question. I see this a lot. Um, some people will say, well, the bootlegs are, a, in a sense, a response to what the estate and or Prince either refused to release or hasn't released. And this is the only place, excuse me, where we can get this kind of stuff. You know, what, what do you think about that? St still wrong. We don't know what's going on with the estate. We don't know what kind of things they have in the pipeline for release. Uh, we don't know if things that they have that they want to release are in release quality. There's a lot that we don't know. And from everyone we've talked to and seen interviews with, there is a lot of stuff in that vault. And they still are categorizing it, from what I understand, or cataloging it. And there's so much to go through that it's like, okay, what can we release? Well, what's going to make us money? And what's going to satisfy the fans? And that's a, you know, that's a juggling act. You know, just because we want a release of, you know, whatever, someone else may say, well, that's not going to make us money. So that has to go back on the back burner. You know, and then you look at like a Neil Young, who's got a lot of his stuff on his website for download and streaming, you know, purchasing. But how long did it take for him to get to that point? You know, and, and Prince was an analog dude. So you have, you have all these master tapes that have got to be digitized. And that's got to be done in real time. So that's going to take a, you know, a little bit of time as well. So there's a whole lot to it. You know, and, and people, myself included, we can't run around and say, well, the estate didn't release it, so I went out and got a little something, something from so-and-so. No. No, we're still wrong in that, in that scenario. Hmm. They didn't release it, so I'm going to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm not doing, you know, the fans a favor. No, no, fuck out of here with that. No. Come on, man. We need that blast from the past. <laughs> I am not familiar with that. Yeah, with right. that, that, that <laughs> but I see, it's interesting because, you know, I would say something like the originals. I assume they, they obviously they put these albums out. They want to appeal to a wide audience. But I would imagine most people would be Prince fans who would be really appreciative of a release like that. But, and as much as I love that release, that to me is a release that is as closest to, in my mind, like the bootlegs that I like are like that. 
like you know like the blast from the past series and things that what's the unreleased songs and stuff that i'm like wow okay that ain't getting close to this is what i'm talking about but i'm curious do we do you think that um those unreleased compilation uh i guess cds or albums that have been coming out do you think that those hurt or help fans to buy their official releases if and when they do put those out i think it's two it's two things because of course when we were thinking about the originals and what ended up on it a lot of that was already circulating and the big thing that everyone points to is baby your trip and how the bootleg version isn't as good as what is on the release version so for me the way i think about it i buy i bought originals like five different times so because I'm always like, okay, I know I got all these bootlegs, so I got to buy the official stuff like multiple times to, you know, account for my guilt. But <laughs> I like to replace stuff that's in my collection with the better versions. And so that's one of the main reasons why, besides supporting the state, that I always buy that comes out. Now, I've also seen everybody being like, oh, we already have this. Why can't they give us stuff that we don't already have? And, and really, when you think about it, like how often when you're thinking about a blast from the past, you go back to listen to it? It's like you pick the ones that you want and that enters your rotation, but you don't necessarily listen to like the whole collection like you would one of his albums, for example. So I, I feel like while they're interesting documents of things, parts of his history, um, I'm not going to pick it up like I would like One Night Alone or Musicology or different things like that. It's just um, it's history and, and, uh, and it's, it's an artifact that collectors would have. But I, I'm not sure like if someone who marginally knows about Prince, about Purple Rain and things like that is going to buy it versus just stream it or things like that. Mm. But that's the case for anything. Okay. Well, for me, I, uh, with this release and the previous Purple Rain Deluxe, I have them both in high-resolution download because that's my go-to thing now. And I also have it in vinyl because I like the liner notes. I miss that. I miss having the opportunity for information, you know, and a lot of the stuff on there I may have heard before. <laughs> but again, once it became officially available through, you know, the estate channels, I'm like, I'm on this. I got to support. So I got to have it. That simple. Now, a lot of the things like, like Kenisa said, the casual fan, you know, we're, we're not going to get them. Sorry. You know, when you see the, the casual fan at a concert and they're like, and he's playing, um, she's always in my hair. And someone walks up to me, what song is this? Okay, I can't talk to you. Go away, go away. You know, if their knowledge starts and stops with let's go crazy, we're not going to get them anyway. So the stuff that the state releases really, in my opinion, is tailored and should be aimed at us because we're going to go out there and get it. You know, Mr. and Mrs., you know, let's go crazy. They're not going to, they're not going to go. We are going to go. And like Kenisha said, a lot of us will get it in multiple formats. So that's what I think they need to look at. And I think they did that with the originals. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, this, um, because I, you mentioned uh, other artists earlier. Was it Neil Young? I think you said. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm very curious. I don't know anything about his fan base, but I'd be curious how do they view these uh, official releases, whether on the streaming on the site or whatever, 
versus I'm sure they must have had bootlegs before or over the years. Do I wonder, do they do the things I see, you know, some of the Prince fans where we compare, well, these albums aren't selling or are these geared toward this audience? Are they geared to us? Or do they just buy them? Again, I don't know if these other fandoms have these conversations and be very interested to, to look. Um, I'm sure they do. I mean, it's kind of like a, an evergreen situation. Whenever you have a product and you have, you know, the hardcore people who are going to be down regardless, and you have the people who aren't as hardcore, they're like, well, I don't know. This sounds better than that. And I don't know. There's always people who are going to waffle on, on things. Always. Yeah. And, and one like, of the, for instance, okay. with, um, mm-hmm. with the uh, Endgame re-release, the extra five minutes, a lot of people went for it. I did not. Like, it's five minutes. Ah, right. I don't see that. Right. So it all depends. And there's also that contingent, because I saw um, an originals post on Facebook by one of the official accounts for Prince, and several of the comments were like, if he didn't release it, then I don't think we should have it. Like, there were several people saying that. So, I mean, there's so many different, again, levels and ways to be, to appreciate Prince's work. And um, I think, isn't the Neil Young stuff, doesn't it have, like, rehearsals and studios? Basically, that MPG Music Club that we want, but... um, It has all of that on there. So, I mean, do they really need bootlegs if it's already there officially? Which is, again, another argument for all of this. Right, that's what I'm saying. I wonder, do they they argue, man, we've already had this. Like, you're not giving us nothing. Or they just like, well, this part of the whatever, we're supporting it. Um, See, see, Kinesis just made me think of something. Back in the NPG Music Club days, which I was a member of, you know, we would get the, the audio show. And there was a song by the time Murph drag. drag. That is my jam. Mm-hmm. And when I heard that, I'm like, okay, Prince, you need to let this come out. You, you, you tripping. And I will let people hear it all the time, but I never sold it. And so if the estate were to go back to that type of model or something close to it with an online access like that, it would do a lot better. It would be a lot more convenient and it would probably generate a quicker return on their investment. So here's the thing. The interesting thing about the audio shows and stuff was coming out in PG. I, what I appreciate about those, especially the audio shows, that was for fans of music and not necessarily fans of Prince. So you would have people who are on the Paisley label. You would have like Rhonda Smith. Um, you would have like people that he liked in those shows. And I could see like, especially with the way the fandom is now, if they had shows that were exactly like his, they would complain as well because they want to hear prints and things that they're familiar with or not close to things that they're familiar with and not necessarily like Mike was saying about the music part of it, the musicality, the um, that part. Because I, I feel like as a fandom, we complain so much about what we don't have. And then when they give it to us, then we get mad because there's not anything to complain about because we're, we're complaining <laughs> fandom. And then and just seeing how other fandoms operate because Beyonce's album just came out. I'm not a huge Beyonce fan, but I checked it out because I'm a big Lion King fan. And I was really impressed. Like, this is a different sound. Like, I don't know anything about Afrobeats and maybe research Afrobeats because I'm a fan of music, but not necessarily uh, people outside of Prince. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see um, as time goes on and it's less about nostalgia and more about picking up people because of connecting to the music how the fandom will shift to support or even how the estate will shift to support what the fandom is asking for that's interesting yeah i would because i think like um i think that these releases even his, his official albums will get to the point where 
it becomes more about people who are just into music as opposed to them being these super prince fans like they may just that gateway for them would probably be a purple rain or something but because they've heard it's part of pop culture and then some of them you know i'm a fan of music i he actually has some other stuff that is just dope i don't really care for prince hardcore but some of these are great freaking songs i'm adding these songs to my playlist or whatever right um that's kind of like i would look at me like i'm I'm somewhat like that with Sly, though I'm a huge Sly fan, but I don't have all of his releases. But I have the the bigger ones that I love, and then I'll pick and choose songs from some of the other later stuff. Uh, but I remember they came out with a version. It wasn't a, a version of originals, but it was a, a Sly Stone album, but it was like 1969 to 70. And it was like his version of certain songs, some unreleased stuff. But it was just all of this stuff on this one album. Um, but I didn't even hear much talk about it. Um, but then I was like, well, how are they promoting this? Uh, who is this for? I'm a Sly fan, so I'm going to listen to it. But I'm just going to pull a couple of songs off of here that I like. But this is a very interesting release. This is none of the stuff on his albums. Uh, and it's, to me, I was like, this is the kind of stuff they're doing with Prince. Whether or not they become big hits or not or super sellers, I don't even think these are made to be that way. And they can't be. These dead rock stars not popping in the streets. It's not going to be a super seller. But I would I kind of agree with you. I think music fans will listen to some of this stuff and pick up on it. Will they go out and buy these albums? Probably not. Uh, and I low-key say most so-called Prince fans ain't going to buy it either. They wouldn't buy his albums when he was alive. They're certainly not going to buy when he's not to hear tour that part so i mean to me that's why i can I, so i appreciate uh originals it's dope to me like have i heard some of these songs before? of course but i ain't hear them like this and again this is the official joint so i gotta pick it up it sounds great i love this uh i hope they can do more um but i'm not mad that it's not blasting from every car that goes by or it's not on the billboard charts no more. I could care less about that. I mean, there's probably so many other ways that they are monetizing prints at this point that pure record sales for anybody certainly ain't going to be it. And it's certainly not going to be it for prints. You know, I find it very interesting that they actually put every single song on YouTube, like, and that's free, right? Anybody can song like there's a whole, the game is totally different. Like they would have never, you know, Prince would probably would have never done that, but Prince ain't here. So they operate in the game a different way. These albums are, you know, they're not the hot commodities as albums used to be. But people, I think people will eventually listen to this stuff when they want to. You know, they may not listen from top to bottom, but how many artists that you're not diehards of that you listen to top to bottom? Like you, I like some of those songs. Like, like Beyonce, I don't listen to Beyonce top to bottom. I, I like some of her songs. I think it's cool. I respect her as an artist, but I ain't buying the release. <laughs> so I don't, you know, to me, Prince, way more talented than the people I'm talking about. But again, I can see how the outside world looks at it and it's like, oh, that's cool. It's an album of the, un the original. That's great. Let me check out. Oh, Manic Monday. I know that song. Let me mm -hmm. go ahead and snatch that one up. And Jungle Love. That's great. Oh, wow. And, be and keep it moving. You know. 
that's that's where it's at. But yeah, no, I want to, I want, I want to, I want to hear uh, originals volume two, uh, and whatever else they got coming, uh, even if it's the special editions or such such. I'm here for that too. You know. Of the Elixir album, please. That would be amazing. They'll never get to that though. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, but see, to me, like the albums like that, unless there's something special in the packaging, I'm like, they, those albums sonically sounded dope. There was nothing wrong with those albums, or there's, unless there's other, you know, uncut songs or something we didn't know about. But some of the, like the, uh, you know, the, the 36, I'm 36, 31, 21s, or, 36. I know. Like, 26. <laughs> <laughs> or the raves or something. I was like, those albums sounded dope the day they came out. Like, I don't, what are they changing on them? And again, it was probably just more the fact that they're repackaged and whatever. But I want to, but I'm talking about like, unless you're adding stuff to them, I'm all for it. But if they're not adding something, I probably wouldn't buy it. Like, I didn't buy a rave. I'm not saying anything against anybody who did, but I'm just like, eh, is there, it's nothing different here. Sounded dope when it came out. Sounds dope now. Uh, Planet Earth. There was nothing wrong with that album to begin with. It was dope. But to me, like if you like Purple Rain, I was like, okay, they did a dope job on that. Like they put other songs in there. There's a whole other disc. Cool. You know, if they come with Parade or something, it, it better be loaded down with some stuff oh. on there. Otherwise, I'd be like, oh, okay, they just re-released it. I'm, yeah. Well, I mean. The older stuff is already out. It's been, um, well, I, for the later stuff, a lot of stuff is out of print, which is probably why they're oh, doing okay, that. Gosh. And to gosh. buy it is very expensive or it was never on wax and people are collectors. I mean, I honestly think it's for collectors because I'm not, gotcha. Rave is toward the bottom of the list to me. But I had the original on wax, but I didn't have the other one with Beautiful Strange on it. So I'm like, let me complete my collection because I'm a collection person for that. So I'm going to buy everything. But um, yeah, like if they do a 2010 on wax, I'm like, I don't really like this album, but I'll buy it because, you know, I want to have everything for all of the official 39 on wax type thing. That makes sense to me. That makes sense. That's, see, that's what I would, well, see, I, again, the album's finest, but I know I'm, I'm in the minority, but let them go ahead and put that new Power Soul out. I'll be all over that. <laughs> yes, that's only available on title for streaming, too, but I love yeah, that's that. My, I still have the original CD, but I banged that album. But anyway, uh, let's let's take a moment and think about and reflect on what Shanisha just said. Thirty-nine releases, and that's not counting the time, Sheila E. Other things. Mm -hmm. The man was incredibly prolific. He wasn't like a lot of these cats who who release, you know, their you know, masterpiece album. Oh man, now I'm gonna take like five years to do it again. Prince is like, let's go. It's out, yeah, let's go. Let's record, tour, record on tour, tour, record, record on tour. We play. That's what we do. It never stopped. Amazing. I look at the output from nineteen seventy eight, I'm like, that's just not possible. Yeah, it is, because he did it. And all the while, he was always clean. Never a hair out of place. Like the Fonz. Never a hair out of place. I'm like, all right, man. That's just something you, know, you don't see in modern music. You just don't. Across any genre. You don't see this. You know, and 
Yeah, I, I would say you know that the, the the always being clean part. You know, and I'm um, at some point we revisit you know with Spike Moss and everything, but you can see the lineage of where that comes from, and I would argue that actually the the being clean part is still very prevalent in certain genres today. <laughs> the styles may be a little different, but you can't tell me cats. You know, the shoes, the sneakers are clean. You know, I got the blah, 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 blah. That's a part of our, that's how we do. You know what I'm saying? Prince was just doing the same thing that was shown to him, the cats that was always dressed, suited and booted. There's a lot, you know, I would argue some, you can see that from the sort of a, the, the pimp aesthetic of you, mm -hmm. have to, you have to be flossing out here. You know, what I'm saying? you know what I mean? To attract. And to me, he was just doing that same sort of thing that you saw a lot of, it was always, uh, uh, Mr. When Mr. Johnson come by now, y'all kids stay in the house. Me and go see Mr. Johnson. Mr. Johnson will pull up in the car. Bam, bam, your grandma will go out there. Mr. Johnson was suited and booted at all times. That, that's, a, that's a thing that's a part of our culture. I just think Prince was doing that exact same thing. But that still exists today. It's just the, the style might be different depending on the age. If it's a young yeah. person, yeah. you know, they got the such and such on and dope and it's sagged just the right way or with the cuffs of this you know my shoes or if they're older grown person i got my suit jacket my blah 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 whoop, 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 my hat whoop so we all <laughs> you know what i'm saying we always clean that's our style but see, that's the thing too when people don't understand uh the culture they'll just see their prince and be like oh well, he's different he was a the not not, mm -hmm. not actually that's so that's 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 why we do. <laughs> that's how we got down. What are you talking about? But you don't, so that's what I say. Everything but the burden. So again, I'm on my when you're selling this music and you don't understand <laughs> what you're doing, then it's disrespectful. So you don't even know nothing about the culture or the lineage of where all that stuff come from. You're just a fan of the you know of the music, but you don't really care about what it really is and. What, you just seeing he's just some fantasy dudes. Nah, that's really how that's our get down. That's why we can understand when we see him. Oh, how come his hair is it? So we don't you don't understand the politics of getting your hair straight and what that meant and then how brothers was getting down like that and what that means to show yourself like that. That's a form of rebellion almost. Like, yeah, I can be anything I wanna be. We clean. That's why when it when the ladies say he came in the studio and he's clean all the time, well you gotta understand where he come from. We're going to be clean all the time. From what we came from, that's the one thing that we got is to dress. Right? You, you can look at a lot of our culture. That's one thing uh, Dapper Dan was talking about. That We was the kids. We idolized the older the cats in the neighborhood. They was clean. So I decided, you know, I'm going to be clean all the time. I'm going to be Dapper Dan. There was another person named Dapper Dan. that said, you take the name now. Your, your slacks is pressed. Your shirt's pressed. You dapper Dan, now you, you go on hold the mantle. It's the same thing with a person. Oh, you see James Brown, I'm suited. I'm coming out like that. That's how I'm going to be. I'm going to be like that 20, but nigga, I'm going to be like that 24 hours a day. Y'all going to hate me. <laughs> watch out. <laughs> watch how I floss. That's what he said. That's what Prince was doing. I mean, he's got people working for him. That's their job to do my hair. Who, who, you know why he doing it? Watch me floss, bruh. Wow. Peep, you just, you just see the ankles? You just see the, the cufflings? He was showing you little signs of that in the parts of his work. Like you thought he was just yep. joking, but did yep. you see the cufflinks? Did you see the the sneakers with the peace sign hanging? And they each color 
I'm far. Yeah, feel me. You see what I'm saying? So that's why I, I got what he was doing. I get it, man. That's but that's what we supposed to. That was the, that was to show us that yo, you can do what you be us, man. Be be us on the greatest of all levels, man. Even when you're not at so called at the job, you're on the job. So you be tight at all. So yeah, that's why he came in there. There's nobody else here. Why is his hair done? Man, y'all know where I come. Y'all know my people. How come you dress funny? You should, I'm the boss. You the one supposed to be exactly. dressed. <laughs> that's what I would. Exactly. See, now me, that's how I look at it. Like, I'm working for my man. I can't come in here looking oh, sloppy. He the one paying a check. Go you better be dressed down, up. Yeah. Yeah. So, Didn't his band member say, like, the horns? They were like, we had to have the suits in rehearsal yeah. Yeah. in the studio yes. when it was just us. Yeah. Yeah, oh that, yes, <laughs> that was that was the coach. So, but anyway, I'm just ram. I'm a I'm an old man rambling. So, shut up, Mike. Um, we're gonna get up out of here. <laughs> but before we do, uh, we gotta make sure everybody is aware of. Uh, we got some new gear out there, right, uh, Kanisa? Yes. Um, shop Um, some people were asking for me to make shirts with certain sayings on them and i'm trying to stay away from lyrics things like that uh, based on what we just talked about earlier but um yeah so it has logos and different things like that uh so shop that needs to the pharaoh.com check it out that's what's up all right we're definitely gonna get i get my shirt i'm gonna get my get my t-shirt popping uh they don't have uh wave caps up to do that would be a cold product, though. Wait, that would be. to the feral wave yeah. cap, boy. Yes. <laughs> get your waves on tight now to represent why you're getting your waves. But anyway, uh, Big Sexy, where can they find you online? Facebook under Mark Wiggins. Instagram, Mark Wiggins 2. And Twitter, WSE Mark. And yes, I, uh, when I got back, did a little fine dining over at the chef's counter at Origami. We did the the Kaiseki or yes the Kaiseki menu. Woo! I was stuffed. It was so good, and I do have pictures up. Feel free to comment. All right, definitely you can check us out at podcastjuice.net. Uh, you can find us on YouTube. Just look up Podcast Juice. Also on Twitter, we're pretty much on all the you know, Twitter, Facebook. Just look up Podcast Juice. You can find us. Um, listen, I hope you enjoyed this broadcast. Leave your comments, whether it's on YouTube or Facebook, whatever. Uh, probably not going to read them, but leave them anyway. God damn it. That's how we do. No, I'm just joking. I appreciate you leaving comments. But with that said, work it like a job. We'll see you next time. Peace.